You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's News and Insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tax Wrap, episode 59. I'm Steve Burnham, and I'm joined by Andy. Hi, Steve. And Letty. Hi, Steve. How are you going, guys? Anyone been watching the tennis? Oh, indeed. It's yep. been a, a lot of hot action now, now that we're action. gearing towards the semi finals. Well, Andy Murray was on, uh, was that yesterday? And um, well, I'm amongst many, I suppose, who are hoping that Serena Williams can do it again. She just did. She just won the semi-final. Just oh, right, OK. Time. There you go. Yeah. I didn't hear. There, I've been hard at work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward, though, to the um, uh, Djokovic and Federer match coming up. That's a huge um, blockbuster. I think yeah, a lot of yeah, us are going been, to be glued in front invited, of the TV tonight. invited to, uh, with a few friends to have a meal at a, at a pub and have a look at that, so looking forward to that. Yeah, I think they're 22 apiece, so this, this one will give them the oh. advantage. Yeah, either one or the other. Oh, there you go. It's... Um, you know, it's been interesting looking at uh, the Australian tennis players. Um, when you look into their backgrounds, it uh, throws up some interesting things, and uh, which which reminds me about tax, and that's why we're here today. <laughs> um, that is that well, the great Leighton Hewitt plays for Australia, but lives in the Bahamas with his wife and kids. Uh, ben Tomic lives in Monaco. Um, but then we've got the uh, newcomer to Australia, the Dario Gavrivola, uh, who has just become an Australian citizen, but who actually has been living in Victoria for some time. So it kind of looks a bit different, a bit complicated, and a bit, a bit uh, throws up some uh, situations regarding tax, I assume. So yeah. what, what Abs- is the situation? Yeah, absolutely there, Steve. One of the things that, you know, sort of people tend not to think about is how t- uh, sports people get tax, you know. And the laws, as we spoke about off air, the laws still apply to, to you know, uh, sports professionals, no differently to any other taxpayer in Australia. And um, we were talking about this off air as well, myself and Letty, in terms of you know the, the importance of residency. So, Letty, what what are some of your your thoughts on residencies of uh, sports professionals? Absolutely. Well, just to go back even one step further, um, our listeners probably mainly know that tax residency uh, doesn't depend on your citizenship. It's got its own set of tests. So it's not your citizenship or even where you not always where you spend most of your time. Although that can come into play as well, and it most certainly doesn't depend on which country you represent at the Grand Slams. <laughs> so why is residency important? It's because if you're an Australian tax resident, like you and I, Steve, mm-hmm. we get taxed on all our worldwide income. It doesn't matter whether the source is from America, Europe, I'm thinking through the Grand, Grand Slams here, <laughs> of course, um, or the Australian Open, we'll, we get taxed on that in Australia. But for non-resident or foreign resident, by and large, they are only taxed on Australian source income. Right. So, so I think it's safe to say then, Letty, that uh, Dasha would be taxed here if she is an Australian resident for tax, tax purposes. Here. And then, what about latent and um, latent and um, Bernie? And Bernie. Yes. Yeah, so, mm. because most of their time is spent overseas, and they have not only, like I was alluding to before, it's not only how much time you spend in each country, and don't forget that a lot of these sports professionals, it is part and parcel of their jobs to live out of hotels in foreign countries. But if they've actually established a home overseas, which in the case of Leighton, we know through all the media that he and his wife Beck and their lovely children actually have a home in the Bahamas. So chances are good that he's not considered to be an Australian tax resident. Now, we're not Leighton's tax advisor, mm-hmm. so we can't guarantee anything. <laughs> but chance, chances are good based on what we know. Yeah. Uh, and so therefore, by and large, he will only be taxed on income that's considered to be Australian sourced. Right. And oh, that okay. may very well include income from coaching Davis Cup on Australian soil oh, and yeah. perhaps um, 
you know, the Australian tournaments that he has been playing. Yeah, early yeah. prize money and so forth that he wins from. So that. prize money, what is what is tax? Prize money. Uh... Yeah, that's right. Prize money is appearance fees. So they're the sorts of things. So if you're here for an Australian tournament, so the income would, you know, be Australian source when you're at the Australian Open. So you know, um, all the big names or big or little names will be taxed here right. in Australia on Australian sourced income. Uh, regardless of their residency. Yeah. Oh, and, um, mind you, of course, that's really mainly talking about pro sports people, the pro tennis players who effectively are conducting a business that commercialises their tennis skills. Yeah. And we're not talking about you, Steve. I know that sometimes on a Saturday morning you like to go with your daughter to your local tennis club to <laughs> have a bit of a hit um, well, yeah. in good weather. Aspiring. We're not talking... You know, <laughs> if someone buys you lunch because you want you want a match, that's not going to be taxed. So it's, it's their job, it's their business. <laughs> basically, it's their job, it's their business. No matter how they structure it, it's, it's basically they're commercialising their skills. So yeah. by and large, these pro tennis players will get taxed, as Andy was saying, um, on appearance fees as well as prize money um, and also things like... Uh, product endorsements, sponsorships, oh, yeah, that, yeah. things like that as well. Nice work if you can get it. It wouldn't be a bad mm. business to be in. Absolutely. And it's it's uh, interesting too that come the weekend, uh, one of these tennis players stands to be $3.4 million better off, which which sounds great. Even the runner-up apparently will get $1.7 million. And uh, Letty, you were telling me just before that the, the, even the first-round loser gets more than 38000 It uh, uh, sounds like a lot of money, $3.4 million, but is that what they'll take home? Well, they'd like to take home. They'd like to take home that three point four million dollars in in the trophy and the uh, toy koala, <laughs> but uh, because most of these are non-residents, in fact, all the all the uh, semi-finalists who are left, um, most of them are not going to be Australian tax residents. Well, all of them, I would say. All right. Um, and so, for non-resident sports person, uh, the Australian tax law requires the payer of the prize money to actually withhold some withholding tax uh-huh. yeah and and really this is <coughs> steve this is a special rule under the tax law it applies to sports persons and another uh, example are entertainers so for example uh, opera singers who are touring the country or bands if you had justin sure. timberlake come here as well you know they're, they're all required to undertake uh, some form of withholding so now Letty, uh, you were going through some of the numbers a little bit early what's what's the level of withholding that absolutely necessary? well as with most things in tax, it really depends, doesn't it, Andy? <laughs> so basically, if these foreign sports people are working through a foreign company and the Australian Open makes the prize payment to the comp- that foreign company, then the withholding may be at 30%, which is the Australian corporate rate. Of course, that's dependent on the foreign company providing an ABN if they're required to, but that's a whole another you know, other school fish over there. Um, otherwise, if they make the payment direct to the individual, it's usually at the individual's marginal tax rates. Now, mm. for non-residents, and if we're talking numbers like 3.4 million, that's mm. going to be top marginal rate, which is 47%, which equates to $1.6 million out of right. that 3.4. Uh, but in some circumstances, some other circumstances, the withholding could be 49%. It really depends on a whole lot of rules. Yeah. Um, but... We're looking at rates like 47 or 49% if it's a does, does something like um, income averaging come into play at all? Yeah, the, the income averaging is more for, um, for your resident taxpayers. So somebody like Dasha, for example, as we spoke about a little bit earlier, yep. who's arguably a resident for Australian tax purposes, she would be subject to uh, special income averaging rules for... Mm. For essentially, it applies to sports people and special entertainers, for example. And those particular rules are there because 
when you're a you're an artist or you're a sports person, you never know when your next dollar is going to come in. So, you know, you could have a tough year, you know, and it applies to you know other uh, sport, sports as well, such as yeah. golfers as well. So, you know, you might have a, a very lean year, and other years you might have a a very good year, and the money comes through. So, what these special in, uh, average uh, income averaging rules do is they average out that that income so that you can control the amount of tax. So you might get you know, $1 million one year, but kind of nothing more or less the next year. How, how many years does it spread out? Yeah, over? it spreads out over four years, okay. so that so it can apply over those uh, that particular period. The, unfortunately, like all things in tax, the calculations are rather quite difficult, yes. but mm. they do provide um, some level of averaging or some, some relief for those sorts of... Uh, taxpayers who do have uh, uncertainty in terms of yeah. their and, income. And uh, think about why this is important. Look, most sports people are not Novak, are not Roger. They're not winning $3 million every three months. Right. Look, most sports people are probably earning what we would consider to be average incomes, really, or even lower. So if you're, if you're um, on... Because Australia has progressive marginal rates, and so the more you earn... Uh, you get taxed at a higher rate for the next dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're on, let's just call it $60,000, if you earn that whole $60,000 in one income year, you're going to pay more tax on that than someone who earns 60000 over three years. Oh, yeah, of course. So yep. that's why we have this averaging system so that over that period that period of time, those two people who both earn $60,000, one over one year and one over three years, from that same income earning activity, be yep. it sports, be it art, will pay roughly the same tax. Look, it's not going to work out perfectly, but that's the general idea. But it levels idea. the playing field. Yeah, it's gen- gen- that's the general yeah. idea. So that the one who earns $60,000 in one year isn't basically punished for being more successful in one year than, yeah, yeah. And, and earning nothing for the next two. Okay, mm. that's interesting. Look, are there, are there any specific tax rules for sports i mean it's it's an interesting little area there yeah it's it is uh, i mean i think sort of if we were to go back to basics you know there's there's a few case law precedents that okay. that looks at you know particularly derivation of income and people might not recall this but probably roughly i suspect it might have been about 10 years ago we did have uh, joanna stone and it was called stone's case it was a high court decision whereby miss stone most people might recall this uh, decision it was she was a javelin thrower who was also uh, a police woman as well and so she earned quite a bit of income from <coughs> appearance fees but also from her sponsorships with various um various sponsors and so i think the high court in that decision lady did confirmed that uh, she was, you know, particularly with the sponsorship earnings, she was deriving income in at the capacity as um, basically operating a business in exploiting, uh, you know, her skills. Yeah. Absolutely. And so as a practical result of that decision, uh, Miss Stone was taxed on all her sponsorship monies and appearance fees and prize monies and so forth. So once again, Steve, it's a little different to you and your daughter perhaps, um, mm. you know, winning local tennis match that your local club... Yep, yeah, no? yeah. Okay, yeah. The, the, so a, a javelin thrower, and her name was Stone. Did anyone ever make mm. the joke about a stone's throw? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very good. That's very good. Now, I think she actually was in the Olympics, but don't quote okay. me on that yeah. one. Okay, that's good. That's good. And what about footballers? I mean, footy's a, a big game. Yeah, and footy's going to come back on our screens yeah. in, what, Not month and long. a half or so? Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, the ATO does have a very useful footballer's guide to, oh, right. to tax, taxation matters and we were skimming through that you know um, off air as well and just looking at some of the 
the deductions that you know uh, a uh, footballer can potentially claim. So such things as you know if you did have you know a particular uniform with your emblem emblem on, on oh, yeah. that, you can claim deductions for you know the laundry with respect to you know cleaning up your dirty uh, dirty footy <laughs> Guernsey stains, and, and stains. blood stains and all those sorts of things. So that was quite interesting. Um, we, we picked up on uh, one thing that we picked up on. Uh, what, what else did we pick up on there, Lily? Now, Andy, I'd like to um, ask you a question. I think we were discussing this off air as well. Um, AFL players and tennis players, they have to strict, stick to a very strict diet, of course. Um, I think that Novak Djokovic actually goes gluten-free. And we know that with a lot of these sports people, they have to be fit, they have to be healthy, they have to be bulked up, they need endurance. Yep. Uh, we see often a change of ends during the tennis, they're eating special um, protein bars and things like that. So, Andy, can they deduct the money that they spend on this special f- healthy food? That's a very, very good question there, Liddy. I mean, if we were to look at the ATO guide, the ATO is of the view that uh, anything to do with essentially, you know, for example, uh, food in terms of if you wanted to bulk up or, you know, any types of supplements or vitamins in those particular cases, uh, they argue that those expenses are private mm. in nature and so you won't be able to claim ah. a tax deduction for that so that's very interesting you know because and we were talking you know a little bit earlier just saying that you know in this modern age of sport you know it's very important that you can get back onto the field so recovery becomes very very important in terms of if you've got the supplements or if you've got sort of the vitamins to be able to get you back onto the field so that you can continue that income and earning activity does the where do you draw the line in terms of in terms of the deductibility because under tax law at the end of the day um, food and meals is really considered a private expense. Now, a lot sometimes it can be deductible yep. in f- fairly limited circumstances, so it's not a straight out, you know, yes no situation. No, I see. But by and large, just because you want to go gluten free um, to enhance your chances of outlasting your next opponent in the five set match yep. at the tennis. Um, it's ultimately still your private choice. Yeah, yeah. Even though that might give you that winning margin, which can be a very fine margin, Sure, but we don't know where to draw the line. Mm, Interestingly, though, in the footballer's guide that the ATO has produced, they did say that footballers can generally deduct the gym fees. Okay. Yeah, so if you go go to the gym and bulk up, then, you know, that's not Mm. a problem. But what you put into your mouth uh, seems like the blanket rule (laughs) is that, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, what Um, you put into your mouth, the blanket rule is... Well, certain AFL team and supplements (laughs) we won't won't talk about. We won't go there. They can't get a tax deduction for that, is that right? No, that's the blanket blanket rule, mainly because it's deemed to be a private expense. Um, (laughs) If you were to argue, you know, uh, contrary to that, then, you know, you are really pushing and, um, you know, it'll... You know, uh, there has to be some new case law precedent to, to set that. Yeah. But okay. then with case with tax case law, never say yes, never say no. No, no, no. I suppose so. It can always change, and always, of course, get the advice of a tax professional. Absolutely, is the message that we're giving out there. Cause it's, it's complicated. Yeah. And why pay more tax than you have to? And why forego a deduction if there's one available? Sure. But that's why you should get listeners get a tax professional to, to look over your affairs, even if you're a weekend player like myself or the guys here. Um, all right, that's um. That's a wrap. Yeah. Thank you very and much, Lily. As a last word, go yeah, Roger. Go, on. go Roger, all right. Uh, go, go Novak. Right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See ya.